Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related, brought to you by the Panel Tripper and Comic Extension. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Cole Hornaday, hey. Chris Casso, and of course, Nicole Lamb. Hello. How is everybody this fine evening? Roasting hey. now. We are roasting. It's a it's a rather warm evening here in Seattle, Washington. Not terrible. It's okay. But we refuse to wear shorts, so yeah. we suffer I more. <laughs> yeah. I was. Wait, uh, that was an option. I, oh, no, man. it never was. There's I lots just, of pants here. I just got back from uh, being in 97, 98 degree weather in in Oklahoma and Texas for five days. I wore shorts one of those days. But they have central air because they're no fools. I know. Air yeah. conditioning everywhere. Yeah. In fact, it's cold inside. Yeah, it's like a freezer <laughs> inside. I had a customer the other day and uh, he was like, beat red and sweating. He's like, oh, I just came from Ohio. It's like 100 degrees here. This is beautiful. This is great. (laughs) And I was just like, you don't look like it's good, man. But uh, okay. Get a drink of water, sir. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, hey, what's going on at uh, uh, Comic Sunshine Corner Comics these days? Uh, so do you go first? Oh, sorry. Uh, we're deep in our anniversary sale. Anniversary sale. Um, <laughs> we have sales, sales, sales. So we're running the same time. So it's the 14th yeah. through the 28th. 27th, I 27th, think. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be, for the dungeon, at least tons of back issues. Yeah. Uh, we do like the crazy thing where it's $5 or less dropped to $1, $10 or less dropped to $2, anything over $10, get 50% off. We'll yeah. have dollar bins. We have we'll do the same thing. things up the wazoo. We'll have probably trades of various degrees of percentages is off. Yeah, a bunch of $5 trades. Yeah, stuff like we're just going to, you know, everything must go. We need more room. We've been getting yeah. lots of donations. So many donations. Yeah. Stop and I know being generous. I'm, I'm probably going to have a lot of stuff that's like, uh, like out of print and things like that. So if you're looking for kind of out of print stuff mm-hmm. from various things, I don't know if I'll have it, but it's worth checking. Mm-hmm. Usually it's good to double dip on the sale go to Comic Dungeon and then hit up uh, Corner Comics in Kirkland and make an adventure out of it. Mm-hmm. And then as a reminder, uh, we do have a guest signing uh, with uh, uh, Alex uh, Banquita. Um, he has a new book out called Headless from Scout Comics, so that'll be on the 28th. And I really should have remembered the hours to that one. I want to say 12 to 3. But it'll be on the Facebook page. It'll be on the Facebook page. Comics yes. Dungeon. And uh, I may have one at a corner, but I you don't know. So just keep, Alex? yeah, no. we'll talk about that. Yeah. And uh, just check my Facebook page at the Corner Comics Facebook. All right. So and links out. to all these Facebook pages are, of course, in the uh, underneath this episode. If yeah. you are listening to this on the website. But who goes to websites to listen to podcasts? Mm-hmm. Go to perfectmountpodcast.com to find out all this information. Information. We can't go any further, friends, without finally acknowledging the passing of one Mr. Rucker Hauer. Mm. Yes. Nope. Yes. Many wonderful quotes when he passed away of his uh, impactful. I've, I've just always found it extraordinary that that last speech he had from Blade Runner was improvised. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it and was. It is the one, it is the biggest takeaway moment for me from that film. Yeah, yeah. it's very important. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And do you know, Ben, because you and I both are huge fans of the film, not to say that you guys are not. But, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, I'm, but anyway, let me, let me rephrase all of that. I said that so wrong. Um, does anybody know? Did he script it? Did he improvise it in front of the camera? From, I don't know. From what I understand, you have failed me, Ben Lawrence. I've, I've, <laughs> Cole won't. 
I feel that it was it was like the cameras were rolling and he and they just poured out of him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I heard that in like a making of, but mm-hmm. you know, I say things I that like are lies all the that. time. So <laughs> yeah, believe like me at your own peril. Great. And really, Scott was like, "Oh no, don't use that." And then somebody was like, "Shut up." <laughs> Keep it. It is beautiful. Do you want your director's cut, Ridley? <laughs> Do you want to have the pretty little unicorn? If you're going to have a unicorn, <laughs> we keep this line. If you want your legend pony, you will <laughs> you yes. will let this happen. All you right. know that last monologue voiceover at the end of the film that you hate so much? Let's think about this. <laughs> yeah. So IMDb says Rucker Howard came up with many inventive ideas for his characterization, like the moment when it, where he grabs and fondles a dove. He also improvised the now iconic line, all those moments will be lost in time like tears and rain. Uh, he later chose all those moments as the title of his autobiography. So, But it, it, it's not detailed enough to be like, if he did he... Just think of it in the moment when mm-hmm. the cameras were on. Mm-hmm. Did he think about it like beforehand, like mm-hmm. while they were setting up? He but thought it when he took a shower that morning. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, tears and rain. When, ah. he, when he was crying in the shower. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he had to work with Ridley Scott. Though. <laughs> ben, did we ever make it to all the way through uh, Hobo with a Shotgun? Oh, I did. <laughs> were you with me? I remember yeah, watching that, I, but we stopped. Did, well, did we? Why we is this coming else? up? Is he in that? Uh, I, don't in really that. Reco- oh, yeah. I don't really yeah. recall that movie. So. Oh, yeah. No, there's an actual movie they made from the bogus yeah. um, the, trailer. The trailer. From, no, from Grindhouse. I, I watched it. Oh, I just can't yeah. tell you we, anything about it. <laughs> I couldn't either, but I remember watching it. Uh, we had to have completed it. I don't think I would have. I not don't remember finishing finished it. it. It's like. It was it's a not, movie night we did had. Did you fall Annex. asleep? <laughs> no, no, I don't sleep. Um, <laughs> it it might have been that I just was too tired and didn't couldn't endure anymore. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't as I, I. I had high hopes for that film, and it didn't did hold too. up to it. So the first was, moment where someone's like uh, pushing a grocery cart full of body organs, and uh, they're clearly made of rubber, and they go bouncing out of the <laughs> cart and bounce across the pavement. I'm like, I'm out of this film! You just jerked yeah. me out of the film. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, Lady Hawk is another Rucker Hauer yep. film that I remember the from Hitcher. my childhood. And Matthew Broderick is in that one. And I, one of my friends on Facebook pointed out that both Rutger Hauer and Roy Batty died in 2019. Yep. That's Really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, goodbye, Rucker Hauer. Uh, rest in peace. Chris, talk to me about this Marvel Summer event. Uh, events. Plural. <laughs> events. events. Uh, Marvel Summer events. So usually there is a big Marvel event or something for the summer. And it's like, yep. Yeah, and usually we hope it brings in the money and it's successful or not successful, whatever. So mon- uh, Marvel, money. Marvel double down. <laughs> and they're like, here's six events or specials all at once. But here's the thing. It's doing a thing. They're doing their X-Men relaunch. House of X, Power of X, Power of Ten, whatever. Um, Poten, Poten. Poten, Houghton. Um, and uh, we have gotten a huge amount of interest in it. Mm-hmm. Got tons of people calling me for it. Um, it is it is a complete hit, and the yep. X-Men needed that. Yep. Um, next week, we've got amazing, or last Ab- week, whatever. Absolute. Uh, no, no Absolute Carnage. Yes. And then we will have Marvel Comics 1000. Yes. And then I'm forgetting something else. But So we're going to have at least three or four major money books coming out. And I say money books because House of X, Power of X are five, six dollars each. First issue of uh, Absolute Carnage is like eight bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and Marvel mm, Comics 1000 is like ten, 10 bucks. bucks. Are these bigger than normal? They are all a little bit bigger than normal. Yeah. I will also say every single one has at least 15 
to 25 variants. <laughs> yes. And yes. here's the thing. I've sold through most of the House of X variants already. Yeah, me, wow. me too. I mean, I think I even gave you some of mine yeah. and we're working through those. And I just, and... I just blitzed through the ones you gave me. Yeah, I got yeah. like nothing left almost. Yeah. So good on you, Marvel. You delivered. And then they're going to be rolling out their new X-Men stuff in this uh, August previews. They're yeah. rolling out X-Men number one, Marauders. And Excalibur, X-Force. Excalibur. Yeah. So all that stuff's just going to keep going and going. We'll see how, how yeah. it holds up. Yeah. And, and Hawks and Pox are still going as the stuff's coming out, too, it looks like. Are Maybe because there's like be. okay. Hawks number six is in. I don't know. Yeah. You know, we just got through a previews. It was very traumatic. <laughs> we we're gonna go into another one, and we'll tell you about it yep. later. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's just an interesting thing for us that uh, I mean, it's not 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 that we didn't want it to work because we desperately need to sell Marvel comics, but uh, they they really have uh, paid off on this one. Yeah. And uh, we yeah. banked on them, and thankfully that paid off too. Yeah. So uh, been hearing yeah. some excitement from X fans. And I've heard from other shops that people who had been out of comics are coming back for this event. So I've had a lot of lapsed readers who haven't read X-Men for 10 to 15 years come back for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, it's not been 10 to 15 years, but... Yes. But you've been, been kind of on the so. outs. You took so. your breaks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, when, with, when they did the Secret Wars, I was like, I'm done, I'm out. You came back during X-Men Gold, and we were all disappointed in that, so yeah. I think well, you I, tried for a while, but it probably just no, dropped off. I bought off. Gold number one after yeah. the, all the legal hoopla about that, yeah, and yeah. I was like, this is really boring. Yep. Yeah. This is, you, you did not entice me back at all. With Regardless this. of anything you could say about this new Hawks Pox, it's not boring. Great. It's, it's, it's like, got a lot going on, yeah. So we're supposed to read Hawks first, then Pox? Yeah, yes. it's alternating every other week, and that's right. how it's de- designed right. to be read. It's the Kirkman okay. sister title He loves thing. them he sister loves titles. Them. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward Herkman. to it. Herk- I, maybe I shouldn't be elevating Herkman. my expectations. Yeah, but we'll probably. We'll, I get think some Tourette's happening. Oh over God, here. Yeah. I, I just I keep right. I, I keep flipping Kirkman and Hickman, yeah. and then they just merged them into Herkman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like got something stuck in your throat. Herkman. Yeah, Herkman. We. Sh- we anyway. uh, it, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Com- my comics sorry. Tourette's is me just oh, randomly being oh like, God. you know, uh, lost yeah. all control. It exactly. would probably Did we lose audio. Did my snort blow us? No, out? we lost your minds. <laughs> <laughs> we lost our minds. Um, Don't make me turn this podcast around. Turn, do turn it around. Leave us at the gas station. Whatever you need to do to survive. Marvel yeah. events, hot yes. clocks. Um, so they're good. Maybe worth it to actually do a, some discussion. Uh, you know, us all reading it at some point. Well, um, why don't we do a table? Uh, a round, uh, table, a round table with the next you know, recording. Once you've sure. gone, By then gone we'll through have some what, stuff. 20, 25 issues to talk about. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. 25, and exactly. there'll be a, enough to dive into. We'll that. Be, I'll be broke. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. broke, mm-hmm. and yes. Yes. All right, okay. cool. I'm writing that down as a topic for next week. Dude. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are teaming up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, I've never really been a fan of the Power Rangers because I think I'm a bit too old for them, but TMNT I'm quite fond of. And MMMP. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. MMPR. MMPR and TMMNT. Mumpertumptum is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So I'm a little too late for the Power Rangers as well, but yes. I wish I wasn't because all the new mm. comics from Boom, uh, they have one of my favorite artists working on them, and mm. they look like they're a lot of fun. Um, but I try reading them, and I'm like, I just I don't know these people, or I don't mm. like these people because they were pretty hokey when I did see them when I was 14, 15. And yet the fandom 
I'm, it is hardcore. It, it yeah. is super hardcore. And you know, I'm looking at uh, people's photos from San Diego and whatnot, and taking pictures yeah. with their favorite Power Ranger yeah. actor. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's really that's. I can't begrudge that. No. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That, the, it made those those people. You know, it was it was part of their core development and and Very their impactful. beliefs about themselves and the world were Power Rangers. And I remember when the new movie came out, I had a friend who's a, a bartends and at the Solo Bar, and she was beside herself how how bad it was. <laughs> oh, she was how bad you know, it was. Yeah, I saw. It she in... was really angry and frustrated. Really? She was really looking forward to this movie huh. because she grew up with the Power Rangers yeah. after mm. school every day. High the expectations. Big, yeah. of really. And she just and and what she railed about tonally I get with because it was similar to what I get upset about other things, but I could not relate to her particular angst. Right. Mm. I respected it, but I could not relate <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah, I saw it and I, I it has its faults, but I actually thought it was okay, but then I also had to apply that thinking. Yes. I talked to a, one of our customers who's a major fan, and he was like a good 50-50 on it. He wanted to allow its badness for like other new generation stuff. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, so for the, the comics, um, I... I'm probably going to read this because I, I want an excuse <laughs> to read the Power Ranger comics and the Turtles might be that excuse. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah maybe maybe it'll translate this time enough yeah. for I'm, you I'm, to I'm, enjoy it. I'm mostly hoping that Rita Repulsa will make uh. Bebop and Roxetti grow into giant monsters. <gasps> That would be great. If that don't happen, then... It's uh, just a foregone conclusion that that's going to happen. Right? If it don't happen, somebody yeah. needs to hire me, yeah. is what uh, Obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, yeah. It's going to be written by Ryan Parody. He says, honestly, I'm pretty certain keeping this project a secret has taken years off of my life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's coming It's coming to Boom. Uh, it's coming from Boom. Uh, number 105 is uh i don't have i don't see a release date here but look for it soon at your local comic book store mm-hmm. um and uh another property the guardians of the galaxy did something in- interesting lately they named their new ship uh the bowie and mm-hmm. they have permission from the david bowie estate which i think was pretty cool yeah yeah bowie's it, um, bowie's it, 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 oh my god it actually get yourself brought an eye patch. <laughs> get an eye patch, man. Get a monkey, monkey eye patch. Um, Go watch anyway, Flavor Anyway, it did cool. bring somebody into Corner Comics specifically who knows nothing about comics, but mm-hmm. they just thought it was really, really cool. So really? I thought that was interesting. I didn't even realize that was a thing that had happened. And mm. I was like, oh, Okay, I will get some on the way for you. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, that was just a quick little fun (laughs) thing that happened. And some Flight of the (laughs) Concords for you, just Mm because. And finally, uh, Katie O'Neill, a New Zealand creator who, uh, (laughs) Nicole, one of Nicole's favorite, apparently. We love her. Uh, She she did the Tea Dragon Society, which is a lot of fun. Um, Dewdrop is a new property of hers for early readers. It looks adorable. Oh, my God, it's so cute. It's uh, the story of an axolotl, and if you don't know what an axolotl is, look it up, uh, who, who, who cheers <laughs> oh, oh. on his friends as they each bring their unique talents to a pond sports fair. It <laughs> aims to teach children the values of friendship, teamwork, healthy competition, and community. I'm actually looking forward to reading yeah. this. Dude Drop is an easygoing, gentle axolot who enjoys naps, worm pie, and cheerleading. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you sold on this now? I am. I had a bunch of, so I couldn't remember the name of this, but I had like three different people coming in to the looking for um, 
uh, tea dragons. And I was like, she's got a new project. Like, what is it? Like, everybody, <laughs> everybody has just like, tell me now. We are all. And I was just like, I don't know, but it's adorable. They're like, sounds right. <laughs> sounds right. Yeah. I need five copies now. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be dropping on April 2020, which is not that far away, friends. It's already mm. August of 2019. Her, t- her T-Dragon book, her, her prequel is going to be coming out soon. I don't oh, know when, yeah. but yeah, sometime in 2019. So mm. yeah, we pretty much get a Katie book once a year. All right. And some games, too. There's games. <laughs> the T-Dragon Extended Universe, or yes. <laughs> Cinematic Universe. The T-Dragon EU. Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, the that's the news for today. Let's move on to Book Report, everybody. And let's start with me. Mm-hmm. You. Oh, my good friend, Chris Casso, gave me a uh, book. Yeah. Philip K. Dick, <laughs> a comics biography oh, wow. uh, from NBM Graphic Novels. And uh, I finally sat down and read it. It's a pretty quick read. Hmm. Um, it's because I mean, Philip K. Dick had a pretty interesting life. He was kind of he was a bit of a psycho to use a, he was a bit of a language. Dick. Yeah, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a Philip <laughs> K. Dick. Um, and there's only so much of the man's life that you can put into, and I'm frantically looking for the page numbers for the last page, <laughs> that you can put into, oh, and there are no page numbers. Oh, book, you <laughs> failed me. Into, I'm just going to say 150 pages. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a pretty clean-looking book. It pretty much lays out the milestones in his life from him. Um, it starts off uh, him watching uh, like a director uh, first cut of Blade Runner um, and meeting... Or and talking with Ridley Scott and saying that he loves it, but then it goes on, and then he fo- goes into the hospital. And when he's in the hospital, we basically uh, go through uh, Phil's life from birth, um, his his schooling, and a lot of the a lot of the bad decisions that Philip K. seems to make along the way. Mm-hmm. And in reading this, um, you know, you just you just want to like you want to root for him as he's making all of these bad decisions, um, and it's. At one point, it kind of feels like he's a bit of a, um, a bit of a uh, a Da Vinci because not a Da Vinci, a Van Gogh because he doesn't seem to be getting the recognition for mm-hmm. his for his books as he's writing all these science fiction books uh, or science fiction short stories and submitting them to magazines. Near the end, of course, he gets a little bit of that, and but it's it seems like throughout the entire thing, he's always trying to scrap uh, scrape away some money. But uh, I actually I didn't know a lot about the man himself, just broad strokes. And and I, I, this book told me a little bit more, but I don't know. Like, again, there's only so much you can tell in uh, uh, th- uh, six to nine panels per mm. page for 100, 150 pages about an entire life of uh, Mr. Philip K. Dick. But it's highly recommended. Even if you have not read any of his novels, you have most certainly seen if if you know you didn't even know it, a lot of his uh, books on film, Blade Runner, of course, Minority Report is another one of them, and uh, there's one other really popular one. So the name escapes me at the Total moment. Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you probably you probably know Dick's work if you. Oh yeah, it says there right in the front, <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, you know his work even if you even if you don't know it, you have seen his stuff. I would recommend checking it out. It's. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty quick read. It's thirty dollars. It's um, you know you could probably sit down in in an afternoon and <laughs> and uh, discover what this man's life was like and kind of root for him along the way as he makes bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, uh, Chris Casso, what do you got? 
Uh, so I, <laughs> I do that thing where I place orders in the order form, and I'm sure I had some sort of logical reason for doing that. And then I see the invoice a week before. I'm like, what the hell is this book? <laughs> Why did I order five copies of it? And it comes in, I'm like, oh, yeah, good job, pass me. And uh, so it's a new book from First Second Press, and uh, it's by, written by Vera Greentea with art by Yana Bogach. And it's called uh, Grimoire Noir, and I love the title. And um, also, Yana Bogach's artwork is absolutely fabulous and yes. amazing, and you should look her up right now. She's she on has Instagram. Uh, Tumblr as well. It's you, you just look up Yana Bogach. Um, so basically, the story is there's a small town where uh, they're basically it's full of witches, and uh, nobody can leave the town. Um, it's supposed to be a safe haven for them, but it's also a prison. And the main character is a young boy uh, named uh, Bucky, and his uh, father is a town sheriff, and his sister has been missing for a day or two. And when his mother cries and grieves over the missing daughter, she causes storm clouds, because every, every witch in the town has a different charm, a different particular ability. And so her sadness is causing the town to slowly flood. Um, so so the series is following Bucky as he's slowly trying to figure out where his sister is because his dad's hands are tied by the bylaws of the town. He can't just randomly search certain certain people's houses. The witches have extra protection over some of the other people. Um, and so you get pulled into an interesting cast of different characters. There's a local coven of young high school girls or uh, grade school, middle grade, I don't know. I can't tell ages in this book. And um, But they're, uh, the, some of them are kind of suspect um bucky's old best friend who's he's not really talking to anymore her name's chamomile she's she's kind of keeping an eye on him trying to protect him so it's just lots of interesting angles and developments as you get this like kid pi story um and a lot of just really heartwarming characters as well and just cool ideas about witchcraft um so it is kind of a done in one story but it, there is an opening for more to be told with this world and I really hope they can get back to it because uh, their voices are just uh, unique and very, very enriching. So it is a seventeen ninety nine soft cover. It's a good chunk of reading with beautiful artwork. Cool. Grimoire Noir. Grimoire Noir. Thank mm. you, Chris. And it's fun to say, too. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Cole Hornaday, what do you got? Well, um, I went out and probably spent more money than uh, Wisdom mm -hmm. uh, allows, but I bought the second volume of The Art of Mike Plug or The Art of Plug, Plug. Volume 2. <laughs> it's a hefty, beautifully produced uh, uh, hardbound volume that ran uh, $49, not counting shipping. And now I have both volumes. And I was looking at this online going, gosh, am I really that big a fan of Mike Plug? I mean... I have most of his artwork, but I never consciously gathered. I mean, most of the comic books he drew, but I never, you know, like made a conscious effort to collect them that just sort of happened by proxy. You just saw Pluk and you were like, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or they just happened to be books that I cared about, like the, the, the Marvel Frankenstein yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, 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 Man Thing and stuff like that that appealed to my sense of monsterish. Your Pluk sense was tingling. <laughs> <laughs> so this book is really just kind of uh, I, I hesitate to say it's more the same of the first volume but the first 200 pages are essentially just reproductions of 
many of the stories he did from the 70s into the early 80s uh, in their entirety, I do believe. Um, and, they, you know, not unlike the uh, IDW, what did we call them? What are they called? Oh, the Artist Editions. Artist Editions. Um, yeah, it's a pretty popular trend, and other publishers have started doing them. So I could see him being like, I want in on that. Right. Um, so in a lot of cases, you're getting his, uh, his pen and inks and blue line um, from an entire issue. And that's great. Um, I don't know if I needed that, um, and, but frankly, what I really wanted was more information about his film work. And I was very pleased that in the film chapters, there's at least 20 um, of his uh, uh, charcoal and um, pastel illustrations that he did for the opening sequence of Ralph Bakshi's Wizards, which is one of my favorite things on film in all of reality. Um, uh, and they just pan over the, the, these, uh, uh, these illustrations, and there's this narration by a woman whose name escapes me, and I wish I could remember her name. Um, and it's creepy, and it's, it, it, it just gets me on a visceral level. And right now, sidebar, um, Ralph Bakshi himself is actually selling this original work on eBay for thousands and thousands of dollars. Hmm. And I got into a bit of discussion with, with someone about how I wish these would be in museums rather than being sold to private collectors, and this individual said, no, actually, you don't, because if it's in a museum, there's no, I mean, who knows what's going to become of it? And it's not going to be seen by the public. Um, to give it to a private collector, it'll probably be treated with greater honor. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm having trouble with both these options. <laughs> that, that's an interesting point, because yeah. I did hear a statistic recently where it's like, you know, a museum only shows like 2% of its collection at right. any given time. Wow. Right. Yeah. Some um, of it could be rotting in the corner, and then they don't pay attention. Right, yeah. and you know a collector who has bought these will cherish them. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of his film work, but also the I, I also had to have some of these film storyboards. And um, I don't want to take up too much time, but I'm going to. Um, anyway, so like the storyboards from John Carpenter's Thing and Jim Henson's Dark Crystal. Um, and, and you look at these storyboards and production designs, because I love production designs. And you go, oh, wow, that's a cool idea. And look what it became on film. And sometimes you go, oh, man, they nailed that. Yeah. They freaking nailed that. That is so amazing. And then films that never got produced, like um, uh, 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 the uh, Master and Margarita, um, Chinatown. Roman Polanski's Roman Polanski had planned to do an adaptation of, of uh, uh, Mikhail uh, Bulgakov's Master and Margarita, which is one of my favorite Russian novels, and it never happened, but the storyboards are in here. And, nice. and I love stuff like that, but there is this film. There are these storyboards and production di designs from this film called Lone Wolf and Cub. That was supposed <laughs> to be, it was Lone Wolf and Cub. It was supposed to be produced in 1987. had nothing to do with Japanese culture at all. Really? It is a steampunk um, it is a steampunk style western. Huh. Just and a pure. The title is just a pure coincidence. Oh no, they they took it intentionally, but they. Just, oh, I see. But it's Hollywood, so I'm, I'm I'm sure somebody some some film studio said, yeah, that's great. No, but no, we're not doing samurais. We're gonna do cowboys. <laughs> People love cowboys. Yeah, and yeah, Ben, you got to look at these illustrations. They yeah. they are out of control. But yeah, no, there are no. I don't. I don't think uh, uh, there are. Okay, I am seeing people in samurai garb. So maybe it was you know A lone wolf and cub come to the United States, <laughs> come to the old west. 
bad, bad idea. It was never mm. produced. But anyway, so I'm glad I have this. And let's face it, it's it's got a low print run. And in another 10 years, both volumes that I paid a considerable amount of money for are probably going to be worth five times that. And I'm going to be glad that I have them. Also, they're really heavy and you could bang someone <laughs> on the head and knock them cold as ice. How I judge Willing books. to sacrifice our love. Yes. <laughs> Is yes. there going to be a volume three? You know, I hope not. Because I think, <laughs> uh, a, I can't afford it. And B, I think that between these two volumes, I can't imagine there's anything more that his fans really need to go, it's just like go push Plug down on. some stairs yeah. so that way there won't be a third yeah. and then that you'll increase uh, the value. There yeah. you go. There I mean, I go. love it, but uh, if Only there's a third, murder. I'm going to have to like tap them brakes. So. Yeah. All right. The Art of Plug Volume 2. Thank you, Cole. And <laughs> finally, Nicole, what do you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris was just doing this little sassy shimmy thing when he was like, only a little bit of murder. It was just like really cute. Threw me off my game, uh, which I have none. Anyway, so Magnificent Miss Marvel by Saladin Ahmed. Minku Jung, lots of other people, very important. I wanted to wait until I had read the, uh, the first arc of this, um, but I didn't have time. So I thought that it was still a good point to review issues one and two because my thought about them changed mm -hmm. between the two issues. So the first issue, uh, it just rolls right into um, Kamala's uh, life and how things are going. And then, you know, bad guys show up and she's trying to do the same, you know, thing. She's Miss Marvel, whatever. Um, and the th it didn't really quite work for me because there was a lot of, like, kind of derivative animal things. Like she, There was almost... Um, copying stuff that's come before, but not in a bad way, but it was just kind of a dudder a little bit, and I was a little disappointed, because I was like, I really like Saladin, and I really wanted to like this, but I was like, maybe it's time for me to just, like, this is a good stop point for me with Miss Marvel. I, I'm trying to st stream back, stream back, trim back, there we go, um, like, what I'm bringing home, because being a manager of a comic book store apparently takes a lot of time or something, <laughs> um, and I'm just not reading stuff, um, and then I was like, you know what, let me read issue two, and let me see, you know, how I feel, and it got to some relationship stuff, um, there's a dramatic thing that happens at the end of issue one that ties directly into issue two, and it, and it, and it propels forward, um, Kamala, and like what, what, her motivation to try to figure out what's going on, um, and you get some Bruno action in there, and their relationship, and then there is, um, some really cool cliffhanger on there that takes her in a totally different place that she's never been before, um, and that to me was kind of the selling point. It was like, oh, okay, maybe I do have to give this a little bit more of a try to my disappointment of my budget and everything else that I want to spend money on. I am still going to follow the Magnificent Miss Marvel. And uh, I think there's an annual that came out in four and five. I think five just came out. So yeah, yeah. one of these days I got to carve out the time, but I, I flipped through some of the other issues and it still looks really interesting. So um, so for now, I think that Saladin is doing a good job uh, keeping it going for something that's run for so long and had a writer that specifically was doing it, you know, it can be very, it can be an uphill battle, yep. right? With that kind of stuff. And are you reading Marvel team up starring Kamala? No, I read, I read, I read uh, some of the first issue and I enjoyed that. Um, but again, I was like, I can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got things and stuff. Um, 
So, yeah, but it looked really cute. The Marvel team-up idea, I really love mm-hmm. teaming up with different people. And um, right now, it's Captain Marvel and her, yep. which is really cool. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. The Magnificent Ms. Marvel. Thank yes. you, Nicole. Yes. Well, that is Book Report, and that is our show. Coming up is quiz time. But before we go, I want to tell you that the Perfect Bound podcast is brought to you by the Panel Jumpers. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepaneljumper.com. Our live show is coming up. We are deep in production for the current episode that we're, that we're filming called, what's it called, Cole? Say it loud. Say it loud. So look for that at thepaneljumper.com sometime in the near future, as well as Comics Dungeon here at 319 Northeast 45th Street in beautiful downtown Wallingford, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at comicsdungeon.com. Subscribe to the show however you like at perfectboundpodcast.com. Send us an email, perfectboundpodcast at gmail.com. And now, friends, get your quiz hats on. It's quiz time this week. The questions come to us from me... Holy kaboom, Batman. These superhero names could also double as Batman 66 on-screen sound effects. Hmm. Number one. Whenever young Billy Batson speaks this wizard's name, he is struck by a magic thunderbolt that transforms him into an adult superhero empowered with the abilities of six legendary figures, or the sound made when Robin drops a bust of Abraham Lincoln on the Riddler's foot. Shazam! Shazam! Number two. The daughter of magician Giovanni Zatara, she made her living as a stage illusionist prior to discovering her true magical abilities while investigating the disappearance of her father. Or the sound an arrow makes as it slices through the air and lands in the wood paneling right next to Catwoman's head. Zatanna. Zatanna. (laughs) Number three. God of Thunder, son of Odin, this Asgardian's name is the sound made when Batman shoves the penguin through an open door. Door. (laughs) Door. Number four. Both Terrence Stamp and Michael Shannon have played this DC supervillain in the movies, or the sound that's made when Batgirl kicks two faces in the crotch. Zod. Zod. And finally, number five, this character is the son of Hulk and Kyra the Old Strong, conceived during the Hulk's time on Kyra's home planet of Sakaar, or the sound made when the Joker punishes one of his fumbling henchmen. Scar. Scars, correct. That is quiz time, and that is our show. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>